This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie, Charles Melton, ASE certified master technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm getting getting ready for Thanksgiving. Ooh, I've already cooked and frozen carrot souffle. I don't know if I like carrot souffle, but all the other things I do like. Well, carrot souffle is basically dessert that they let you eat during the meal because it's so dead gum sweet. Some uh, people so just you don't start like that it. First, yeah, the dessert yeah, first. Yeah. Great. Uh, hey, if you like Sharknado or combination KFC Taco Bell, you might like hybrid vehicles. So let's learn about them today between your other vehicle repair questions. Well, Coach Charlie, when I mentioned doing hybrids, and I don't know about the other producers here at MPB, but I pick shows that concern me. <laughs> I, do, I program all my shows because I have a question about that, or it's something in my life. And I, we have recently acquired a new-to-me hybrid Hybrid, but I didn't realize there's so many. Hybrid can mean just a plethora, a rainbow of different things. Well, most cars out there today, if you notice the new cars, they have a on and off. They stop at the, uh, when you stop at a stop sign, they cut off. The vehicle just stops. You put your foot back on the brake, they take off. Now, that is called a mild hybrid. That is where the manufacturers made it, where you're not burning the energy of the internal combustion engine, but the vehicle will start once you step on the brake, and that is a mild hybrid as well. Okay, here, off the subject, if you don't have that, what would you consider is the how often you should turn off your car if you're going to wait rather than let it idle? Well, usually, you know, at a stop sign, you wouldn't cut your right, vehicle off right. or a red line. You wouldn't cut it off. Right. You know. Yeah. So now the manufacturer says cut it off because it saves energy. Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. So that's that's a mild hybrid. I guess there are less than more more than mild hybrids what are the other kinds of hybrids well if you think about a full hybrid a full hybrid is where that the vehicle will start off on the battery and then after so many miles an hour usually about 40 miles an hour then the internal combustion engine will take over that is a full hybrid vehicle and what what are some throw out some names that we might recognize that are full hybrids honda and if you really think about the first one talk about the toyota prius okay okay that was one of your first uh hybrids in the United States. Now, if if there are hybrids that when do you when when are they plug inable? Are those all electric cars or do some hybrids plug in? There are some that you can plug in, but most of them are regenerative. The battery recharges from driving down the highway. All right. Um what uh you know this I have my my new to me hybrid. Is there anything I need to know or keep in mind other than you have to remember to turn it off <laughs> so when you don't hear it. When you don't hear the noise, sometimes you forget, oh, wait, I have to turn off the vehicle. I think one of the first things you need to remember on a hybrid vehicle that they have high voltage and low voltage. The low voltage is 12-volt battery that all vehicles have, but then you have a high voltage that can go over 1,000 volts. 
And so you have to be very careful when you start servicing it. A lot of times now you need to take them to somebody that is certified to work on hybrids. Right. Uh, less do-it-yourself mechanics can, can work on hybrids, or they have to... They have to know exactly what to do. You need to know how to disconnect that high voltage from the vehicle. All right. Uh, well, well, we've we've touched on before, and and everyday tech has talked about the right to repair. But whether you have the right or not, you, you need to have the skills. You need to have the skills to repair it because if not, you're going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. And you want to be very careful about those high voltage vehicles. We are talking about hybrids today. Our email address where you can send us some questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Natchez because Francis has called in today. Francis, what's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Thank you for having me on this morning. Uh, I've, I've got a 2005 uh, Grand Cherokee 3.7 liter motor, 4x4 uh, uh, drive. Okay, and uh, I had the rear main seal changed out. Uh, a guy showed me where it was leaking from the rear main seal, changed it out, didn't see it. And then I noticed all around the oil pan, and I had the oil pan changed out. And I also had the oil sending unit changed out. And uh, it's still using oil, but I don't see smoke coming out the back. And the next question about it is, I've got a, uh, when I'm on the highway, you know, like you get over to the edge of the road, and it, it, I think it's a wake-up thing, but I'm not on the edge of the road, and it does it lightly. And then sometimes the motor pulsates. I got these two problems with this vehicle. Could you help me? Okay, on the oil leak, first, I would, what I would do is see where the oil is coming, if it's coming from the top of the vehicle. If it's coming from the top of the vehicle, it's usually the valve cover. Now, when he changed out the uh, rear main seal, he did pull the rear the transmission out of it, and I think that is a one-piece seal in that vehicle. So he did pull out that seal, replace the seal, and now the oil pan, mm, the right behind, you didn't really have to remove the oil pan in order to fix that seal or that leak there. But I would start looking at if you don't see it at the bottom anymore, I would start looking at the valve cover and see if it's leaking down on the side of the engine. Okay, gotcha. And then on your other pulsing uh, as the vehicle, what I would do on that one as you're driving down the road, I would check the motor mounts on that vehicle there because the motor mounts may be bad and making it shake a little for you. Okay, but once I give it gas, it gets out of that. Well, that's usually what it does on a motor mount. Uh, once you take off, that's where you're going to hear it most of the time. Or once you come to a stop and start, that's where you're going to hear notice the motor mount most of the time. Okay, thank you. You really are good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Francis. We appreciate uh, your vote of confidence for uh, for Coach Charlie. We're talking about hybrids today, but we'll take your other vehicle repair questions. You know, we mentioned about if you don't plug in your vehicle, then the battery regenerates from braking. Uh, do I need to use my brakes any differently? You don't need to use them any differently, but you need to be very careful when you start changing those brakes because they do have those little motors on there. And so you got to be just very careful when you start replacing brake pads and stuff on there. But you can just use them just like always. So it doesn't matter. 
I'm not going to replace my brake pads or turn rotors or anything like that. And oh, hey, folks, by the way, uh, December 2nd, we're going to talk about, no, yes, the 2nd, yes. yes. We're going to talk about brakes. So uh, you'll be wanting to listen to that. So the, the brakes, would someone who feels like they can change their own brakes or rotate their own rotors, could they do it on an electric vehicle? Or is that you really need to go to a official official guy as long as you have the skills that's all okay. that matters once okay. again it's the skills of working on your own vehicle and knowing how the vehicle operates and knowing how the systems operate so you want to be very careful when you have a hybrid that uses the brakes to re- rejuvenate the battery does that make the brakes wear out faster I would not say they wear out any faster. Okay. You know, they, they wouldn't wear out any faster because you're going to use them just like they're really what it is when you talk about regenerating, you're regenerating uh, voltage and putting back into the battery. Average is what you're putting back in there. Okay. Let's go to Vicksburg now. On the phones is Al. Al, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your question for Coach Charlie today? Uh, yes, I have a 2015 GMC Sierra with all the electronics on the dash. Everything works great except the, the display on the radio part. And it, it freezes up. It just, it, and then all of a sudden it'll start changing uh, screens or it'll jump channels. And uh, everything else works. But that is somewhat uh, distracting. Uh, believe it or not, I have a friend that has a 2016 GMC Sierra, and his vehicle does the exact same thing. Uh, his, uh, he's taken it to the shop several times, and they could not find out exactly what's wrong with it. Either it is a programming problem or it is a module problem. And the module for that radio is the whole center part of that radio. It's not, you know, any, any more radios or not radios as we know them they're just modules they're computers and so he's having that same problem and he has taken it to the gmc dealer three or four times and they have not fixed it yet so i'm telling you it's either a uh, module or a programmer problem i see it seems like it started when i changed the battery uh i'm just trying to cast back in my memory and i didn't know if that would have caused some kind of problem if i took the battery cable off just just kill everything in the truck now reset we'll tell you about changing these batteries in these cars now it will destroy things if they're not done correctly uh that's why they have battery savers in there and what that is to you hook up a battery saver and that saves all the information that's in your computer and a lot, of, a lot of times people don't do that. They just take the battery out, replace it, and say it's done. Uh, you, can't any, you can't do that anymore. You need to put a battery saver so you can save all the information. Because even if you take a battery out, it will lock the radio, and you have to have a code to unlock the radio. Hmm. And so, and that would be found in your owner's manual. Right. Well, I, I think I had it. I said a couple of years ago. I think I had it done at the GM place. So right. Well, they I'm probably sure, did that. Yeah, I'm sure they did that. But I'll be look. I'll be looking on that problem as a programming problem or a um, module problem. Thanks so much, yes, y'all. Sir. Have a great day. Thank you. You bet. Hey, if you've got a question for Coach Charlie, send us your emails. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. 
we are talking about hybrids today. But is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. And, hey, Al, you need to follow the recalls in case I get one for that Sierra and the radio module. You are listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are Now You Could Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freak me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. Hey there, it's David Green. You know, there comes a time when you've just got to let go of that old vehicle. Maybe it has lots of great memories, but it's also maybe just taking up space. And selling it can be such a hassle. So here's one thought. Let this station take that vehicle off your hands. Proceeds from the sale benefit this station, and you could get a tax break. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. are listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie, Charles Melton. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, but if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m., but there's a replay Saturdays at 11. So here are the recalls for the week. Mazda has issued a recall for various cars and SUVs related to a fuel pump failure that could cause engine stalling. Audi recalled various vehicles from 2017 through 2020. A cable might disable the passenger airbag. And Jeep's recall has involves various 2021 and 22 models for incorrect software that can disable the driver, passenger, and knee airbags without warning. You, you know, it's it's so interesting. All the you know who owns what car companies anymore. So I guess whoever owns Jeep also owns Audi, or Audi owns Jeep because they've got the same uh, repair company. Um, Ram has recalled 2019 and 2020 HDs chassis cabs for a failing fuel pump. And uh, just like Al with his Sierra radio problem, you can find out if your car has a recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A dot gov slash recall, and just put in the VIN for your vehicle, or you can get their Safer Car app and download it. Then you'll get a notification when your vehicle has a recall. 
We're talking about hybrids today, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. We've got Mike in Hernando waiting for us, so let's go to Hernando and talk to Mike. How you doing, Mike? What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Uh, Charlie, it's a, an obvious question, and I'm sure your answer will be what I already expect, but um, I have an eight-year-old Toyota Yaris. I hit a deer, and it took the front of the car from about halfway across the front to the right front wheel well, smashed it in, lost the headlight, etc. The miracle is nothing else was damaged except I lost a compressor to the air conditioner. The radiator's fine. It doesn't leak. The car runs fine. In fact, I'm driving it right now. And I hit the deer about a month and a half ago. However, here's my question. The hood cannot be opened because it's slightly skewed. And the repairman's looked at it and said, well, we try to get it off, but we won't be able to get it back on. So, my question is about oil. Um, I'm, you know, I know you can drive further than 3,000 miles before you change oil. What is a reasonable long-term uh, for the life of the oil? You know, I'd like to try to meet in the middle of that. You know, uh, manufacturers now are, if you notice right now, manufacturers are giving two-year free maintenance on cars, on new cars. So that's uh, two oil changes a year. So that's 10,000 miles. So what I try to do is stay in the middle about 5,000 miles. Okay. You know, I wouldn't go no more than that on that particular vehicle because, uh, you know, it's a 2008 and, you know, the uh, technology has come a long way since 2008. And so the oil is going to take and last longer. So I'd I'd be about 5,000 miles on that. Well, to the credit of the car, I mean, I just drive it around town and to work, and I don't go over 65 because, you know, I don't want to stress the engine and make the oil get hotter and hotter and hotter. Right. So I know what, you, I know what you're saying. I, I raced a car in California and went through this before, but I'm just curious now with the newer technology if this would be okay for a while till I can get the car fixed. Oh, yeah. Well, you think about it. Um, Mercedes right now are 12,000 miles. That's the uh, 10,000 to 12,000 miles. That's their first oil change. Okay, so. I read that. And you talk about other cars. Um, My truck is a 2010 F-150, and it is 10,000 miles. So you can. Okay. So you can run it, you know. And I like to say, uh, just get it fixed whenever you can, you know, as long as you know how many miles you get on that oil. Yeah, you're right. And uh, like I said, I don't stress it, so. I'm trying to be gentle to it. Well, that's the main thing. Uh, You know, uh, oil, uh, the stress on oil is mainly is your in-city driving, uh, the stop-and-go driving. That's mainly your stress on oil. Mainly going down the highway is not really much of a stress on it. Yeah, I was going to say that because I live in Hernando, and I'm driving 20 miles to Olive Branch to work, and I'm on I-269, which is freeway speed. Right. 65. So I figured it would be a little more gentle on it because around town, I just go to the gas station. Yeah, that's yeah. you'll be all right. Okay. Well, I'm going to replace it with an electric anyway. Okay. We don't deal with, with oil anymore. Okay. Appreciate you calling. Thank you. Thank you. So you have a 2010 F-150, and I'm sure it could last 40 years. But if someone gave you a, a brand-new electric F-150, would you turn it down? I probably would. Oh. <laughs> and the reason why is what I'm saying is because of the modules, 
of the radio problem on that 2016. Everything now has computers, strictly computers. It's all ran by computers. And if you really think about upgrades in vehicles and all, the vi- upgrades come from the manufacturer, and it's just a program. Right. You know, so I'd probably keep my truck. <laughs> Good for you. Let's go back to the phones and go to Bogalusa, Louisiana, and talk to Dale. Dale, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? I have a 2008 F-150. Uh, when I'm going up an incline, it shutters, and I don't know if it's the torque converter or the transmission fluid because uh, I did have to change the transmission fluid in my uh, ni- uh, 97 Mustang to correct that shutter. But when I took the truck to the shop, not a, a Ford dealership, but to a shop, they couldn't find a drain plug on the torque converter, so we couldn't completely put the anti-shutter fluid in there. So I'm wondering if Charlie thinks it might be the fluid or the torque converter. What I would do on that one, uh, since it's a 2008 F-150, I would yeah. look and see if they have a TSB on them because there are some vehicles out there that uh, have technical service bulletins on it where they do need to put a different type of fluid in the transmission. Uh, not you know they started out with one type and they noticed that it did have a shutter in it, and once they changed the fluid in them, the shutter went away. Correct. But how do I get? Do you know uh, of the characteristics? Is there a way to get that fluid? Because most of your fluid is in your torque converter. Right. You won't get it out of the torque converter unless you remove the transmission, remove the torque converter, and pour it out. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think it was only like two and a half ports in the uh, transmission pan. Uh have to pull transmission. Right, because most transmissions today don't even have plugs on those torque converters where you could drain them out. You know, uh, I've always wondered. People change their oil regularly, but they never change the transmission fluid. Well, that is true. They, they say transmission fluid can go like 50,000 miles. And they, once again, according to the maintenance schedule in the owner's manual, it's, I, I would always go by that. So... Your first thing would be, what do you call it, TSB or something? Yeah, it's a TSB. It's called a Technical Service Bulletins. All manufacturers put out those, and what it does, it will... uh the manufacturers send them out to their shops and tells the service riders and the service uh, technicians an easier way to fix the vehicle, and then they'll use that TSB all over their uh, manufacturer companies. Uh, I got you. It's just an information thing. Right. All right, Charlie, man, I'm listening, and uh, you put out some really good information. Okay, thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, on November 4th, we talked about tires, and we got an email that we couldn't get to during the show. It asks, how do you rotate tires on a dually truck, and what is is a dually truck Liz wants to know the okay, first thing a dually truck is where you have six tires on instead of four tires you have four in the rear two in the front okay now on a dually tire you could rotate them front to rear but you have those four on the back and if I was doing it I'd rotate inside to outside 
I have noticed at the car wash they say no dualies. The right. one that has the that pulls you along the track. Right, because they're they're so wide and they won't fit because you have that extra tire. All right. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about hybrids, but that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie, Charles Melton, retired Clinton High School Automotive Technology Program, is our host. I'm Liz Gill. Coach, how's, how's bowling going this year? We're doing great right now. Boys are 4-0 and and girls are 1-3. and All right. Y'all be careful if you're going to go up against Clinton High School's bowling team. I hope that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click a support button and make a contribution because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hey, AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Now, in the news, the we're going to get into politics, sort of. Under the new infrastructure legislation that was just signed, passed by the legislature and signed by the president, monitoring systems to stop intoxicated drivers would roll out in all new vehicles as early as 2026 after the Transportation Department assesses the best form of technology to install in millions of vehicles and automakers are given time to comply. More technology going into the car. What do you think, Coach Charlie? Well, once again, uh, more technology trying to keep people safe, but infringements, you know, I just will leave it that one. All right. We are talking about hybrids, but that's just between your vehicle repair questions. We'd love for you to email your questions. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. All right, we've got lots of phone calls today. Let's go ahead and go to Jim, who's calling in from Jackson. Jim, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie. What's your comment or question for the show? Well, I might have both. Uh, these trans- I'm in the wholesale car business. Been doing this for over 40 years. 
Uh, shuttering is horribly regular in what I see it do. And uh, tell your man with your Ford truck, this is not cheap, cheap, but it'll be better than a transmission. Have them flush your transmission, not flush it, but change the fluid three times and drive it 10 or 15 miles in between each transmission fluid change, and that'll usually get all the fluid out of the uh, torque converter. Uh, that's what Honda. That's what we're doing for the Hondas, and unfortunately, these GM trucks. They're just a whole different nightmare. But sometimes transmission fluid changes. But after the third change, you'll usually have fresh fluid in that torque converter, and it'll help take care of the problem and a lot of things. And uh, I agree with the coach. They're trying to push us too fast on electric vehicles. Let's let nature take its course. I love the Honda Pri. I mean, the Toyota Prius it is a great car and great ideas, but just jumping straight into uh, all electric. There's way too many problems we can't even imagine they're going to prop up. Uh, I agree with the coach because there's stuff that there's so many computers, and when you deal with electric uh, electricity and computers, um, strange things are going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's good, it's coming, but it's that really need to be rushed. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, Go, yeah, I agree with you, Jim, on the uh, transmissions. Uh, matter of fact, that's where I first saw where they would had a three-flush system going for the Honda. That was a TSB they put out because Honda had a problem with shuttering more than some of the others. And I agree with you on that part where they do drain it put it back in, drain it, and put it back in three times. And that has solved the problem on some of them, but it doesn't solve them on all of them. Not all of them, but hey, it's a lot cheaper to go ahead and try that before you pull a transmission. I agree. I just told somebody to do that about three months ago because they were, they were having the same problem on a Honda. Yeah, I've got a 16 Odyssey right now that's headed to the transmission shop. Uh, it's got the shutter, but it's so much high technology that looks good on drawing boards that in the real world doesn't always work out like they hope. Well, when you think about when you think about transmissions and you know the shuttering part of it, they run off sensors, off wheel speed sensors, off the engine, and so you got a lot of different things that make that transmission move. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate you calling in. Hey, Coach, one thing Jim touched on is uh, safety with electric and electronic and hybrid vehicles. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, on the hybrid, since we're talking about hybrids, we want to talk about the high-voltage side of it. The high-voltage side, I want everybody to understand there is a orange cable that runs from the high-voltage battery to the front of the vehicle. It is orange. That is high voltage. You need to make sure that you do not touch that cable if you know nothing about the vehicle. And then there is a way to disconnect that orange cable. You're going to have to dis disconnect the power. It's like a circuit breaker to be in the back of the trunk or it may be in the glove box and that you'll need to pull that out in order to disconnect that high voltage from that system because then you can work on it. But if you do not know how, how to work on it, I would get somebody that that is certified. I'm so glad. You know, we, we started AutoCorrect to help people 
do auto repair or learn what they can do, but sometimes you need to learn what you what you don't know do, yes. <laughs> and you can't do. Let's go back to the phones and go to Willie in Memphis. Willie, we're so glad that you've called into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Well, thank you. Coach, i got a question on, on the automotive oil. I see it all the time, high mileage oil and just regular oil. What's the difference in it? What mileage would you recommend to go to high mileage? When you start thinking about high mileage oil, all it is is a different formulation of the additives that they put in the oil. And the additives is maybe it's um, suspending dirt. Maybe it's suspending some kind of uh, anti-foaming, what they put in it. But high mileage, anything over 75,000 miles on uh, older vehicles, I would put high mileage in it. You know, okay, so you recommend it uh, above 75000 Right, on an older vehicle. Now, on the newer vehicles, I would not recommend it on a newer vehicle uh, because the tolerances are so uh, micro, they're so small, and I would not I would just put in whatever the manufacturer recommended on those newer vehicles. But if you had an older vehicle, like I got a 2,000-model uh, Toyota Camry with 361,000 miles on it, I put high mileage oil in it because it's a little bit thicker and it, it takes up from uh, where the rings are wearing, the little uh, different little spots may be in the engine, so it fills those up. So that's really what high mileage oil does. Okay, good. Well, I'm, I'm about four times past that 75,000 miles uh, limit, so I, I, I didn't mileage. know if there was... Yes, sir. I didn't know if there was a, you know, really a difference in, or if it's just something. So, but you sold me on it. So next oil. Okay, thank you. Let's go to Sue in Beaumont, who's been waiting patiently. Sue, we're so glad you called into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Good morning, and uh, hi, Coach. Good morning. Uh, I have a Toyota Yaris too. A, a previous car I had one. It's the best car I ever had. I just love it to pieces. Yeah, I have a 2013 Yaris, and I, I ran over a one of those, you know, those concrete flanges that they put by the side of the road now. I don't know if they do it where you are, but they've done it all over Perry County here. And I ran over one of those. It, it, the car's low to the ground. Right. And I ran over one of those, and I drove off of it. Yeah, you know, I got off of it, and now the front end, when I start up the car, it makes this rattling sound. <laughs> I hope I haven't damaged something. Oh, once again, uh, since the vehicle is so low to the ground, the um, exhaust pipe comes all the way up through there, and you probably hit the exhaust pipe, and it's probably rattling. Oh, dear. You know, it's no big problem. They, they, they usually have a heat shield on it, and that's usually what rattles, and so it shouldn't be too much. I'd take it to a muffler shop and let them put it up in the air and see what is loose under there. Well, I had my neighbor look at He said he thought the, um, the front end had a... I, I did something to the front end that cracked something there. I don't know some some of the plastic parts or something, but yeah, if it's in like I say, if it's uh, just uh, like plastic scraping, then yeah, that's easy to fix too. Any of that would be easy to fix. Well, I sure do thank you because I I love that car. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to lose it for anything. You know? I understand that. Thank you. Thank you. We're discussing hybrids and taking your vehicle repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at 
mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up, and it's a hybrid. And this is clever. Well, more electronics. It has a rear seat indicator to keep you from leaving your kid in the car. So we don't we don't we don't want that to happen to anybody. That's right. That seems pretty useful. This is autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week we're driving the 2022 Hyundai Tucson Hybrid, a vehicle that's very value-packed but also stylish and efficient. I really like the exterior design. I like how they integrated the daytime running lamps with the grill. It just looks very sleek. Inside, also very sleek. Twin panel display, one for the instrument cluster, one for the touchscreen. You got Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and 4G Wi-Fi, and a lot of luxury features on this particular model. He ventilated front seats, heated rear seats, Bose audio, and a large sunroof. Keeping everybody safe, get the full suite of crash avoidance systems, plus you get a rear seat indicator so you don't leave your kid behind, and a safe exit assist that will keep you from stepping into traffic. Under the hood, a turbocharged four-cylinder and a hybrid system that delivers 226 horsepower, 37 miles per gallon in the city, 36 on the highway. So it's both pretty peppy and efficient. And all this comes at a really good price. Tucson starts under $25,000. This one all in, $38,730. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert here is Coach Charlie, Charles Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician, and we're wrapping up our show talking about hybrid, hybrids. But I do let's I do want to hit a, a, an email that we got. This one was from Daniel, who said the trip computer on his 2013 Genesis stopped working. The controls on the steering wheel also do not work, and the airbag light stays on all the time. Is this electrical system? work help what what advice do you have for daniel his trip uh, monitor does not work so that means his odometer is not working and that means that his uh, some of his airbag lights and all staying on so that would be probably a computer programming in that vehicle there because all of them are sort of interconnected off that steering wheel 
So is this something an electrical place could do, or because it's a computer, does he need to take his Genesis to the Genesis dealer? Back to the dealership. Dealership. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, Daniel. Let's go to John in Bentonia. John, we're so glad you've held on. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Well, I've got kind of a excuse me a Murphy's Law question here uh, with that with that thousand volt high tension wire basically you've got in the car. What happens in an accident uh, if that gets cut, or you know all the sharp metal? Um, you know they're trying to use jaws of life or something, uh, you know, to get you out, and they cut it, and they can't reach. Uh, you know the breaker box in the trunk because of the accident or something. What 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 are uh, you know the firemen supposed to do? You know, do they have a protocol for that? Oh, they do have a protocol for that. Uh, first of all, if it got cut, it's disconnecting the battery. So that's one good thing. It's disconnected the battery, but. Uh, but yeah, you've got the hot wires still. Right. The computer the computer system once again in the vehicle the computer system has a, f- a fault uh, setting in there that will, if you're in an accident, just like a nursing switch on a gasoline vehicle where it cuts the power off. Mm-hmm. So it will trip that power. So that's one good thing. You know, like I say, the electronics in the vehicle, they have all these safety devices in there in order to make sure that we don't get hurt. But you just got to be careful with them. John, that was a good topic. It it hadn't occurred to me that rescue individuals need to know about cars so they can rescue the people in the cars. Yes. Oh, man. I'm I'm learning something new all the time. John, I love that question. Thanks so much. Let's go to Oxford and talk with Cynthia. Cynthia, thank you for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Congratulations, Liz, on owning a hybrid now. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I actually had the first Prius that they came out with, the real small one. Mm -hmm. And it was a super fun car that I eventually gave to my daughter. Um, But now I have a Chevy Volt. I called once before um, to say that I love it. I have had zero problems with it. One of the nice things about it is the battery is warrantied for 100,000 miles. Um, And when you put it in low mode, it actually recharges the electricity just by taking your foot off the accelerator you don't even have to step on the brake right kind of cool yeah yeah that one's that's not a regenerative braking system yeah it's different you know but you can just stretch your you know how long can i go without having to recharge um just by kind of playing with that which is really fun and I just wanted to say, but the main reason I bought it was because it doesn't pollute. I mean, it doesn't pollute nearly as much as a gasoline car would. And that was just super important to me. Um, so I think that needs to be part of the, part of the conversation as well. Well, I would think that, yeah, I would think that other uh, people in general have a different way of reasons they buy different type of vehicles. And I think that's, once again, uh, personal preference, you know, to a lot of different people. But like I said, we're going electric. It it will be a time that we, I don't think that we're going to be completely electric, but we're headed that direction. Yeah, and it's a good thing. So I appreciate the show. Thanks so much. Uh, Thank you. Cynthia, we're so glad to get your comments. It's it it is interesting why you know I bought this car because it's purple, or I bought this car because uh, I you know I think our next 
vehicle will probably replace our grand caravan because we haul dogs around. So it may be a, a vehicle you could hose out. <laughs> Let's go to Bob in Hattiesburg. Bob, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Hi, thank you. I'd like a comment or a point of view on plug-in hybrids. Everybody's talking about pure electric cars now. My, I personally think they're a little too um, much in the in the new stage, and, and the charging capacity around the country is limited, and, and they're really not good for longer trips. But the plug-in hybrids, like this Chevy Volt, V-O-L-T, which the lady just talked about, or the Toyota Prius Prime seem to, to solve the long trip problem and still give you a car you can drive around town. But they plug-ins just seem to have been limited. There's not much availability, and the Chevy Volt is not even produced anymore. Um, what's your point of view on used Chevy Volts? Well, once again, like you say, you have a long uh, warranty on those batteries, 10 years on that uh, batteries. Uh, but the thing is, on plug-ins, like I say, you, uh, we really don't have the infrastructure to plug all these charging systems, all these charging stations. I think that's one of our main problems right now if we're going to go to all electric vehicles. It doesn't matter if it's a plug-in hybrid or if it's all electric itself. That until we get that, to me, I don't think they're economical. Yeah, but a, a plug-in hybrid can drive four or 500 miles. I mean, you can fill it up with gas if the battery's in the off mode. That's why I'm wondering why people aren't more interested in that type vehicle, that they can drive around town on the battery only for 30 miles, 40 miles, but still use the gasoline motor if they want to go on a trip without worrying about plugging it in. Uh -huh. But no one seems to be producing anything like that. And I agree that uh, maybe we're not looking at the right uh, technology in, on certain things. You know, we'll leave it at that. Well, do you have any point of view on, the, on Chevy Volts? Are they, are they, what's the service record on them? Well, they're just like the tes Tesla. They're one of these vehicles that are, you know, they keep changing, they keep designing, and uh, as they change, they get better. But, you know, there's a reason they didn't produce the Volt anymore. So just go from there. You know, you had to do the research on that one. Okay, Bob, thanks so much for calling in. Let's go to David, who's called in from Memphis. David, we're so glad you've called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Hey, Coach, hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. So um, a year ago I bought, and I was slow to transition to the new, new technology or hybrid, and bought a certified uh, Acura RLX Sport Hybrid, and that is the sweetest vehicle I have ever owned. It's got three motors, one one that's integrated into the seven-speed transmission on the front end, and then two motors, one for each of the rear wheels, and they dynamically will activate for steering, etc. Regenerative, I'm getting about 30, on about 30 to 31 miles a gallon, and that's with a V6. Right. Uh, and uh, so I've been thinking ahead, okay, what's the next car? And I really looked at the one that intrigued me was the Honda Clarity, which was a plug-in hybrid. Basically, you could switch between the two phases, you know, run on the battery for, you know, going to play pickleball or just running around town shopping. But if you're out on the road, you switch over to the hybrid and runs the gas motor, regenerative, et cetera. But Honda's discontinued it. 
So I agree with your comment that there's the, a lack of a supporting infrastructure for the, the plug-in uh, uh, method of, of transportation, and that hopefully will get rectified sooner. But Honda's pretty astute at looking at where the market's going and where the technology's going, so I'm hoping they come out with something similar to that, uh, you know, here in the next year or so. And I think, uh, as the last caller talked about, the technology of using the electric motors and the gasoline uh, engines for long travel. You know, uh, in Mississippi right now, we're a rural state, and there's a lot of people out there that the electric vehicle or the hybrid vehicle may not work for them because we have so far to commute. You know, so we got to think about that. Thanks, David. Uh, real quick before we end the show, we're going to do breaks in December, but this is a break question from Cindy. My brakes are noisy after a rain, even if the car has been parked in a garage. Any ideas? Cindy, it's according if the vehicle's been sitting for a while because uh, they gather rust on those rotors pretty quick. Uh, but there are a lot of them out there. It's according to what type of linings you got or what kind of pads you have on the car, uh, if they're organic, semi-metallic, or ceramic. So there's a lot of different things that could make that noise. But it doesn't rain all the time, so I guess the rain, the noise goes. If the noise goes away, then it's just Most the rain. the rust on the on the rotor themselves. Oh, okay. Uh, real quick, the these batteries they you know last a uh, hundred thousand. The warranty for a hundred thousand, and then afterwards, you might have to get a new one and. And you get a new one, and then where are you going to put that old battery? Yeah, I, you know, that's that's the other thing. You talk about it being good for the environment, but I guess, you know, these are, you have to mine different materials in the batteries. Right. And it just, it's one thing leads to another. So until we get it all squared away, we're going to have to deal with what we got. That's right. Uh, try to take care of the planet any way you can. And this has been such a quick show. Uh, our call screener today has been our good friend Java Chapman, and Jay White has been our engineer. So for Coach Charlie, Charles Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.